experience an unpleasant truth. America must choose to build a future or obsess about the past to be a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. Use your aggressive feeling. Embrace anger, chaos, and truth, but in the shadow of lies. Let the hate flow through you. Together we can choose a different path. Join me. Together, we can rule the galaxy. Our nation of fear, division, and of darkness. Break me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Embrace anger, thrive on chaos, but in the shadow of lies. So this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth, excellence, and optimism for America. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program on the clock. It's official. And if you're listening on the podcast, welcome home. Love to have you. Give us a a five-star review, if you will. Share your thoughts and comments. Give us a follow, share, like, if you will. Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You know, it took me a while, and I I will admit to you that almost every single day I feel stupid. I do. Because the more you know, the more you realize... How long you didn't know, how long you were in the dark, how long you weren't paying attention or you believed what people were telling you and it can make you feel stupid. But instead of feeling stupid, I want you to feel awake and energized and open to possibilities because then you will start to see the real picture. And we started to surmise about the midway point of last year. Again, it's embarrassing that it's taken me this long. That all of these machinations in Congress, everything involving the administration, the government of the United States, if you will, it all really seemed to be based on blackmail. You do this and I'll do that. We're going to wheel and we're going to deal. And we often find ourselves wondering, what would, be our, what would be our price? How much is enough for you to compromise your values in order for your own self-enrichment or survival? I don't know. I don't really have a number. I think if... One of my family members was in danger, maybe, but probably no other reason. So when I read this, high-end sex ring discovered in D.C. and Boston was a honeypot scheme by foreign nations to blackmail U.S. officials. I read that headline and I say, that's disgusting and I already want to take a shower. But let's see what's going on here. Because it falls in line with everything that we've been talking about. Jeffrey Epstein's thing. Whoever was embroiled in that 
is part of a bribery and blackmail scheme. There are videotapes. There are audio recordings. There is photographic evidence. And if any of us is naive enough to think that this was just a situation where a bunch of dudes were going to go get their rocks off somewhere and cheat on their, on their wives, it was way more than that. Way more than that. So here's your story. The most valuable information in Washington and Boston are government secrets. If you open a prostitution business that caters to wealthy clients in those cities, you'll get an awful lot of people walking through the doors that have access to those secrets. And this high-end sex ring discovered in D.C. and Boston somehow reportedly involves, let's see, Russia, China, Israel, and South Korea, all believed to be involved in clandestine sex ring blackmail. Are you guys surprised by this? My surprise face takes a while to come out anymore these days. Here's your story. Several high-end brothels and escort services operating in Washington, D.C. and Boston suburbs were an espionage honeypot operation conducted by foreign nations to blackmail U.S. officials, according to intelligence experts. I guess the Chinese spy balloon didn't get enough of the intel. They needed stuff that one could only get between the sheets. The six brothels. My God, six brothels. I hear that word and I think we're back in the Wild West. That compromised the sex ring were headed by a 41-year-old South Korean woman who allegedly targeted politicians, high-ranking government officials, and defense contractors. This is exactly what Tim Burchett said the other day. He said, look, you get new members of Congress. You get them out and about. You send over a very attractive woman. She laughs at their jokes. She's super interested in them feeds into the ego you really are that special and then they go to a hotel room or whatever they do where the evidence is gathered and so begins the seedy underbelly underbelly of bribery and blackmail right Having the Koreans out front could have been a false flag to give China or another country plausible deniability if the plot unraveled. A former CIA senior operations officer told the Daily Mail. So this is the story. Han Lee. This is a 30 year old or this is a guy who's the alleged mastermind with a 30 year old guy and a 68 year old guy, all South Korean born U.S. nationals were charged in November with running the sex ring. They live in Boston, and so the locations of four of the brothels there made sense. One of the folks lives in Torrance, which is a suburb of Los Angeles. Members of Congress, military officers, and national security contractors who possessed security clearances were among the steady customers at the high-end brothels run by the ring, prosecutors say. The ring's clients who paid rates of up to $600 an hour. (laughs) 
Wow! I, you know, not being involved in this stuff, I have no idea what it's worth. 600 bucks an hour. Included corporate executives, professors, lawyers, and scientists. To entice customers, the Lees, all of these individuals' last name are Lee, though they're unrelated, which is weird. The Lees allegedly set up websites whose purported purpose was helping photographers find nude female models looking for work. Investigators believe the ring had made more than a million dollars by the time it was busted. The lingerie and bikini-clad quote-unquote models went by names such as Sexy Shoe, Venus, Tina, Yoko, Triple D. I won't tell you why. And Tiffany. The girl started by asking for a small favor. That's at the edge of the target's comfort zone and try to keep expanding the zone and turn small favors into big favors, the ex-CIA officer said. The DOJ first launched an investigation into the massive sex ring in November. Amazing. They're doing one of something that doesn't involve going after parents. According to a federal affidavit written by a DHS special agent, some of the clients of the prostitution ring included politicians, pharmaceutical executives, doctors, military officers, government contractors that possess Security clearances, professors, lawyers, business executives, technology company executives, scientists, accountants, real retail employees, and even students. Prosecutors said the locations of the sex ring was an indicator that the operation was a honey trap for U.S. officials. Two of the brothels operated from units in luxury apartment buildings in the Virginia suburbs outside the Capitol. So, so what's the real big story here? State secrets. United States government secrets. That men who are getting involved with prostitutes, the prostitute's job is to pry secrets out of them. To see who might be able to turn on the American government. Who's weak enough? Who could be compromised enough? Who needs the ego stroke enough? Who can we infiltrate beyond Eric Swalwell? <laughs> what do you think he did with Fang Fang? It is amazing what you get when sex is the reward, apparently. And that is the investigation. The most valuable information in Washington and Boston are government secrets. If you open a prostitution business that caters to wealthy clients in those cities, you're going to get a lot of people walking through the doors that have access to them. The officials were required to hand over a trove of personal information, including bank records, employer information, credit card information, email and phone contacts, and a government-issued ID to be added to the clientele list, which they usually provided, quote, without blinking an eye. Finding idiots like this would be pure gold for an intelligence service running a honeypot, the former foreign spy added. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Take this and put it directly in the halls of Congress. And that's what you've got.
Well, I mean, if you're going to pay 600 bucks an hour, thank God you've got insider trading to help you, right? Phew. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio Network, you know, I want to hear a little bit about some of the media response to Claudine Gay stepping away from her job as Harvard's president. We can talk about why it happened, et cetera, et cetera. But I want you to hear the voices who are telling you it was all racism. It's predictable. And we're going to walk through the process. So you, well, you already know the end result. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. If I was to summarize the entire situation involving Harvard University, Claudine Gay, and all of the nonsense that's been going on, it would be this. Integrity. If you don't subscribe to the highest levels of integrity... At a place that boasts about its integrity. That says in its admissions process that it is looking for students of the utmost integrity. If you don't hold your people to that standard, you have no integrity. To me, full stop. I don't care that Claudine Gay is black. I don't care that she's a woman. She plagiarized. And that is a full stop deal breaker that is antithetical to the idea of integrity, stealing somebody else's intellectual property. It's certainly not the first time it's ever been done. It won't be the last. But can we not agree that the president of a university, any university, ought to have super, super elevated levels of scruples? Yeah. I mean, I I would think just just kind of spitballing here. That's not the story, though, of course. The story is not about the identification that we've all seen, the awakening we all got in that congressional hearing about how pervasive anti-Semitism is on college campuses. Not, not only on college campuses, just everywhere. It's, it's just gross. It's disturbing. And it's scary. But to see those women flounder and, and admit that they suck was truly mind-bending. But you cannot, as a black woman, apparently, who works for the New York Times editorial board and is a feature contributor on MSNBC, you you cannot call a spade a spade and say, you know what, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't cheat, you shouldn't steal if you're going to be the president of a university. Period. Full stop. End of story. Now I've got respect for you. Now you're in the same ilk as the new mayor of of Philadelphia who says we got to tackle the crime issue. Yeah, this is Mara Gay. This is a gal who uh, has spoken before and has been part of our ire multiple times. I remember when she said she was felt threatened by the number of, of American flags she saw in New York on Long Island. She felt threatened by that. And we were like, sister, if you don't like America, you can pack up and get the hell out. This is what she had to say about the ouster of Claudine Gay. Listen to the to the rhetoric here. Go. Um, the thing that really disturbs me is the unrelenting campaign from the right and from some mm-hmm. conservative activists to uh, slander, discredit, and... Ultimately, I, I guess, uh, you know, somebody used the phrase, uh, we've claimed a scalp, I said, I think, on uh, social media. 
you know, to essentially unseat gay and other presidents as well um, when they don't like, uh, you know, the, not just the handling of uh, the anti-Semitism attacks on Israel on October 7th, the way that that was handled on campus, but really anything else uh, that they don't like about uh, not just these presidents, but actually what they would call wokeism on campus. Mm -hmm. So this is really an attack on academic freedom. Oh boy. It's an attack on uh, people who are pluralists and believe that you should bring people from all over the world together uh, of diverse backgrounds and that you, you actually have more scholarly rigor. Oh boy. And, and more um, value can be uh, brought by having people from different backgrounds. This is an attack on diversity. Oh boy, no, what it is, it's an attack on plagiarism. It's not accepted. We don't allow it. Back up, get out, full story, and end, right? This is racism on full display. Listen, audio soundbite two. The fact that she's a black woman and the first person uh, who is a, a black American to lead Harvard uh, only added to their thirst to dethrone wow. her. And, you know, those attacks, you don't have to, I don't have to say that they're racist because you can hear and see the racism, the attacks when people like Vivek Ramaswamy say, uh, you know, uh, okay, this is, this is a problem about diversity and hiring. I mean, this is racism as well. So there's a lot of different layers here. You know, I don't, I don't think that you get through to people like that because if you can't see beyond the scope of your own race, if everything that you see is through the vision of black or gay or Muslim or, or whatever it is, can you truly be intellectually honest about things affecting people through that vision? She plagiarized, my love. She plagiarized Ms. Gay. It's all about the blame game. And the Associated Press is in my crosshairs again. I'll explain why when the Wendy Bell Radio Network continues. I think what's so frustrating for those of us who were in Team America is that I don't want to look at people who are not like I am appearance-wise and consider it an us versus them. If someone who is a white woman does something that is against the law, I don't feel because I, too, am a white woman that I should defend her. And in fact, what a phenomenal gesture would it be for someone in the black community to come out and say Claudine Gay should have been fired. She's a lousy role model. We chose the wrong freaking role model. George Floyd is not our people's role model. Why don't we choose people who are inventors, innovators, dreamers, explorers? People who develop medical devices that change people's lives, real ones, not phony baloney things. We're choosing the wrong people. Jamal Bowman, okay, comes out. And he says this, this isn't about plagiarism or anti-Semitism. He cries racism over Claudine Gay's resignation. You know what, Jamal? You're a very disappointing individual. I know that before you became a member of Congress, you were a principal. And we were all awestruck 
at your decision to pull the freaking fire alarm during a congressional vote and then lie about it. And then when you did come clean, your defense was, well, I ultimately told the truth. That's not a defense. A defense is immediately saying, oh, God, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. Someone with class and character. When they get found out. They come clean. And they say, that was me. I did it. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I will have to take whatever punishment my colleagues deem worthy. But instead, since he's a black guy, he can say it's racist. We are so tired of that. We are so tired of that. Because I don't look at you, Jamal, and judge you as a black man. I look at you and I judge you as a moron. And that is irrespective of what you look like. It's so basic, right? Content of character, not color of skin. That was said 60 years ago. We had made so much progress. But you cannot restrict and deny opportunity to some in order to provide opportunity to others. Doing that is inherently baked in bias. That's exactly what's going on in colleges and universities around the country now. My son Ryan came into my room the other day. I was Yesterday, I was writing my Newsmax script, right? Putting the finishing touches on it and sending it. He comes in the door, flops down on the bed, and he starts talking to me. We're talking about college. How do you feel about where you've been waitlisted? His dream school, he's been waitlisted. Deferred, whatever the hell it is. I don't think these schools have the foggiest idea what they're doing. I don't think they know who they're going to accept. How is this going to work? Because choosing people who check boxes doesn't work. It doesn't work. You've got to get to the root problems. Why are certain people not performing as well as others? It's not because they're inherently less gifted. Something is going on along the way. And they're not getting the education. They're not receiving the quality guidance. Something's happening. Rather than just changing the rules at the college level and saying, well, we got to have 20% black people, so let's go. You want the best of the best. Why are certain people not getting into the best of the best category in the numbers that they should? That's an honest conversation. Jamal Bowman saying that Claudine Gay leaving Harvard but keeping her salary and all of the benefits and all of the perks and all of the BS, which is offensive on every level. Don't try to call unfair when everything that you guys want is extra. It's not equal. You want extra. How do you how do you legislate that? How do you take a system and a world that is inherently unfair and force it to be so. You can't. 
And all of these people, all of the Jamal Bowmans who want to come out of the woodwork, when Al Sharpton and his bobblehead self want to wheel himself, you know, when he wants to go and use George Floyd as his own grandstanding stage, which is gross. When any of these people come out, they want to tell you this or that. If one of them had said the truth, now we're on the road to healing. Now you're talking. Now we're breaking through the nonsense and we're putting the emotions and the feelings aside to get to the root of the problem. If Jabal Bowman had come out and said, Claudine Gay and nearly 50 instances of plagiarism represents a black eye to the reputation of this school. She is a distraction and she should go. I might actually have a little bit of respect for Jamal Bowman. Because we would expect our children to be held accountable. You would hold me accountable. I would hold you accountable. Why should the color of your skin or your sexual identity supersede your own personal responsibility? It shouldn't. And it has to stop. I found a very interesting article on the Washington Free Beacon. This is a different take on this whole debacle, okay? Because Harvard is, a sm- is not just a microcosm. It's, it's really just an example of a much bigger problem. That we are failing our students by prioritizing stupid stuff rather than creating safe environments for intellectual curiosity. Rather than exposing people to all sorts of different experiences and thought processes and ideas and strategies and all of that, we're putting our kids in a cattle chute and saying, this is the direction you need to go. That's not sustainable. We've learned this. This article is fantastic. Top six candidates to replace Claudine Gay as Harvard president. Who will succeed the disgraced plagiarist? Claudine Gay resigned Tuesday, president of Harvard University, school's governing body, Harvard Corporation, oversees an endowment of more than $50 billion, vowed to begin its search for Gay's successor in due course. Trying to get the smoke to settle a little bit, right? Maybe hoping that the Epstein stuff will get us distracted for a while. So Harvard is yet to reach out, but the Washington Free Beacon would love to help. Reached out and said, hey, we got some ideas for you, okay? Here are our top six candidates to replace Claudine Gay as Harvard president. You're welcome, right? I love this. Number one, Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice would be a great president of Harvard University. Certainly the most qualified candidate on the list. Former U.S. Secretary of State, National Security Advisor. She currently serves as the director of the Hoover Institution at Stanford, a significant improvement compared to gay when it comes to diversity and inclusion. She's the descendant of African slaves, grew up in Alabama during segregation, worked her way up to the highest levels of government and academia. Okay, I like it. Fantastic. Ivanka Trump. (laughs) Do I see Ivanka Trump as the president of Harvard? Another eminently qualified candidate who would make history as the first Jewish woman president of Harvard. 
The former first daughter and her husband, Harvard alum Jared Kushner, graduated in 03, have considerable experience when it comes to soliciting funds from dodgy foreign actors, it says, which make her an ideal fit to run a university-themed hedge fund beloved by corporate dictators and their offspring. I think that's hilarious. Number three, Kamala Harris. Hey, it's an off-road. It's an off-ramp for Kamala. Most Americans, including most Democrats, if they're being honest, are terrified at the thought of Harris being anywhere near the Oval Office, period. She's better suited to a job that requires very little in terms of actual skill and intellectual rigor. Harvard apparently is a perfect fit. Scathing, true. Number four, (laughs) Elizabeth Warren. She's already made history as the first woman of color at Harvard Law School. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) There's no reason she shouldn't make history again as the university's first self-described American Indian president. Yes, my friend, seems like a no-brainer, especially since Warren's core supporters during her failed presidential run. In 2020, rich white liberals with fancy degrees are the same people who are crying about racism because a university president had to resign for doing something that would get a normal student at that university expelled. Number five, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Why not? Why not get the inventor of the awful 1619 Project which conveys a totally different history of America. Why not give her this position? Right? Fantastic. Finally, the ultimate creme de la creme. Might not be able to afford him. Barry. Yep, Barack Obama, Harvard Law School grad and first biracial president of the United States, isn't looking for a job per se. He's already got one because he's running the, uh, the nation. He just wants to hang out with celebrities, make lists of all of his favorite things, and stroke his massive ego. He could do all of that. As president of Harvard, which doesn't sound like a particularly demanding gig. Assuming the university could meet his salary requirements. I mean, 900K probably won't cut it. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Harvard might be a little hesitant replacing gay with a man. But what about a gay man? I don't know. Hey, now we're talking. This is where we are in the land of fruits and nuts. Yes. Yes. All right. When we come back. This billionaire hedge fund guy, Bill Ackman, do you guys know him? Does anybody have a line to him? Because I need to contact him. I want to get him on the show. We're going to talk about why he's not done yet after being a major, major reason why Claudine Gay got the axe. What he wants next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So we all know the whole Harvard thing isn't really even about Harvard. It's not about one person. It's not about one school. It's about an overall system of suck. It is about the unsustainable approach that people should be judged based on what they look like. But isn't that so contrary to what the Democrats say all the time? Don't fat shame. What did, what did people say um, when that CBS reporter who sat down with John Fetterman When she said, you know what, he had a hard time managing small talk. And people came out, including Giselle Fetterman, his wife, was like, that's so ableist of you. Now, I'm merely commenting on the fact that the guy is having a hard time communicating because, I don't know, he had a stroke. Right? So you don't want to be judged, but you want the extras that come with checking boxes. You want to be excused for behaving badly. 
You want to be excused for not rising to the occasion or having the God-given skills demanded by a certain job. Anybody who doesn't have the skills shouldn't be in the job. I don't care what you look like. Well, this Bill Ackman guy, the hedge fund guy, who I'm desperate to get on the show because I... He put something on Twitter. It is a long, long, it is literally like I scroll, 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 scroll. It's this long explainer of why he has been such a fierce thorn in the side of Harvard. He has gobs of money. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to bother himself with what's going on there. But it's, it's a broader issue. It's unsustainable. It's stupid. It's stupid. Billionaire Harvard donor Bill Ackman demands Penny Pritzker and the entire Harvard board resign after Claudine Gay's ouster. See, it's not enough to cut out the cancer. You've got to then root it out out of all of the tissue. Because you, if you don't make sure that you do that, all of your treatment is for naught. That's the point. And I, I agree with him 100%. Wall Street billionaire Bill Ackman, a Harvard grad and major donor, has demanded that the entirety, the whole Harvard Corporation, including chairman of that board, Penny Pritzker, resign from their posts. This comes after Gay obviously resigned. She didn't resign. They gave her a sweetheart deal. They tried to give her what they wanted to get, or they gave her what they tried to give Hunter Biden. A get-out-of-jail-free card. We're not going to actually hold you accountable. You're not going to be responsible for what you did. Even though how many others have been imprisoned for years for lying on a gun application and for having a firearm that was unlawfully procured. Right? We're not going to hold you to account, Hunter, Claudine. We're going to give you something special. So that you can slither off into the darkness and really not have anything go badly for you. Well, this is what he writes. The board chair, Penny Pritzker, should resign, along with the other members of the board who led the campaign to keep Claudine gay. Orchestrated the strategy to threaten the media, bypassed the process for evaluating plagiarism, and otherwise greatly contributed to the damage that has been done. That's it. The damage that has been done. Claudine Gay is a symptom of the disease. Insider trading in Congress, the symptom of the disease. Jeffrey Epstein and all of that stuff. The symptom of the disease. And the disease is Believing that you have to cheat or lie or be someone you're not in order to achieve what you want. It's the worst message for any and every child. This is why when I talk about the Australian hospice nurse who chronicled her final conversations with so many folks on their deathbeds. 
And she found herself coming back to the same regrets that they had, no matter who they were, what they looked like. And the number one regret was, I wish I had led a more authentic life and been me rather than live according to the judgments and the ideas of others. I wish I had been authentic. Because when you begin cheating, there is no logical off-ramp. And then the lies and the cheats have to get bigger to cover up for the ones before them. And then other people get ensnarled in it. And you need them to cover up and do what needs to be done. And that is how you get a system of bribery and blackmail at the highest echelons of the United States government. Because for years, people have cheated and lied and deceived the American people. And in order to cover that up, every single calendar turn has to be bigger and bolder and grosser. It's not sustainable. And that is why we are the greatest threat to these people who will stop at nothing to not be found out. It's you and it's me. And it's what we do every day. I hope you come back. We hope to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Be safe. Peace. Peace.